1981, the world was horrified by the motion picture Frankenstein. In 1935, horror turned to terror with the bride of Frankenstein. In 1990, the makers of Basket Case and Brain Damage bring you... Want a date? Frankenhooker. Now, a motion picture like no other. A tender story of love and romance. A gripping tale of lust and revenge. <laughs> Frank and Hooker. Incredible. Some assembly may be required. Welcome, everybody, to episode 72 of Schlockernaut, where we travel to the edge of the cinematic universe to watch and discuss all types of films, even those including a medical school dropout who decides to reinvent his girlfriend with the body parts of dead hookers, uh, and in the process decide if they are schlock or not. I'm Doc, I'm here with my buddy Steve, and now on to the show. How's it going, Doc? Good, buddy. Hey, that trailer you played sounded like the uh, song they they uh, played during the hooker crack scene. That's That trailer had way too many like uh, car screeches and spring sounds and foghorns than I remember in the movie. Dude, that bass hit hard though, didn't it? It did hit. He was laughing. It did hit really hard. So we're talking about 1990s uh, Frankenhooker by Frank Hindenlotter. Yeah, he also made, uh, like to said in the trailer, um, was a Basket Case, which is a long-time request to my wife, so maybe next year, because I don't want to do two, two in a row. <laughs> I, may, I may mention Belial a time or two Okay, okay, All right, in, cool. this, in, in this discussion. Uh, basket Case, Brain Damage, he's done a ton of stuff. Uh, how did you get this rec- recommendal? This is, this is a big Aaron at Ghost Tattoo. Uh, thank you so much, because it was a super fun watch, and uh, it's going to be, it's gonna be a, a wild ride on this one. So I had heard of this one forever. I had known about this one forever. I had al- always thought this was a uh, an 80s film. This is a 90s film, early 90s, um, probably written in the 80s, so it has some of that sensibility. But I had never seen it, man, ever. And now I own it on DVD. I had seen enough clips that I knew almost the whole movie, but I had never sat and watched it all the way through. I'd seen like the you know the, the important parts, the blow-up scenes, the, the hooker scenes. So I'd, I'd watched a good 30 minutes of this, I'd say, in, in clips. Did you did you ever think in a million years that that's how the actress would act as Frankenhooker though? No, and I don't know if that was her take on it or or directed. I I couldn't tell you, but I've got some more on that later. Perfect. Let's see what are we gonna do. You want to hit a fake sponsor for me? Uh, you want to do spoiler? We always do fake sponsors first. Okay, so uh, this episode of Schlockerdot is brought to you by. Antibiotics, effective for all of your STD needs. <laughs> antibiotics? <laughs> yeah, antibiotics. Anti- nice. Antibiotics. Antibiotics. Let's Obviously, uh, no more, just no more blood from your cock, I yeah, guess. Yeah. I, uh, I think this is a glasses off type movie, right? Is it because I think more like Bone Tomahawk is like a glasses on. I'm like, I'm going to kick these off for the, kick these <laughs> off for the reading. Off. Yeah. Take so those we, off. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're going to get blue on this one, I think. Yeah, I think so. All right. This one is brought to you by Head Mirrors and, uh, I had to look this up. Do you do you have any idea what those things on that doctors wear that's like a circle on a headband actually do? Uh, uh, it reflects light. It so does. The, what is that a guess? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I had no clue. Wow, good for you, man. Okay, so I, I remember seeing it in a million. Everybody's seen that, right? In old the the, the doctor wearing if you're like gonna a be circle. a doctor for Halloween or for a movie or a stage play. You got to have a 
what is it? Stethoscope. Those, a stethoscope and a circle thing. And a circle thing on your head, which is I want. I looked up to see if there was a, an actual name for that thing, and it is called a head mirror. It's not like a fancy name, but it, it's basically if you don't know what we're talking about, it's a circle. It's, it goes on a headband, and doctors used to wear it. It's basically a concave mirror with a hole in the middle, so they would flip that down over their eye with the you know so they could see through the hole with the mirror part facing outwards, and then they would shine a light on the mirror, and it would. It's acts like a ring light. It, it illuminated whatever they're looking at. So if it was like an ear, nose, throat, whatever they're looking at, it would shine the light directly in there. And I had no frigging clue what that thing was until this week. Or that STD on that. Or the uh, STD, if you want, yeah. STD on that uh, nasty crotch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta look so. at them. Uh, gotta look at them. Hifaserpa gonorrhea AIDS or whatever. That might be the only piece of actual information or learning you get out of the whole show. <laughs> I want to tap out now. Tap out now. You want me to do the spoiler warning and get to it? Let's do it. All right. Captain Blurt. U.S.S. Schlockenheit. Welcome, friends, to the edge of the cinematic universe. If you haven't seen this film yet, please do so now. Or risk spoiling your experience I think the word I was looking for there was syphag herpy gonorrhea aids god gross yeah yeah uh is this the second trauma film we've we've had that do you know what my very first line of notes is is this our first trauma we've done on the show I think it's our second because the first was the um I won't mention it, but Frantic Blade. Oh, really? That was the trauma? Uh, it was. That was it a trauma was. film. Yeah, okay. Yeah, lost episode. If you guys can find it, good luck. So, yes, Lost this episode. is the first trauma film we've done on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Like I said earlier, I always thought this was an 80s film. It's an early 90s, 1990. Um, so, technically still made and written in the 80s, I would I'm assume. Sure, it was directed sure. by Frank Henelotter, did Basket Case. Um, he also did a little documentary called... Uh, H.G. Lewis, The Godfather of Gore, which I know you yeah. didn't have fun with uh, the first H.G. Lewis movie we did, but uh, anybody who directs a documentary about that man, is a, I'm a fan of. So I believe that was a Doc Flick pick on one of our shows, too. Yeah, yeah, it's a great movie. Um, the movie starts off with Jeffrey um, trying to get a reaction from basically a brain, with a brain in a jar with an eyeball on it. Very similar to Blood I, Diner, and I thought a lot of this movie. I said kinda, the same yeah. thing, yeah. yeah. You got a lot of Blood Diner and Reanimator. I thought so movie, too, yeah. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Anwar, wasn't that his name yep. in Blood Diner? Yep, Anwar. Anwar. Um, it, it, let me ask you this. If you're a medical school dropout three times like Jeffrey was, um, do you just go mad scientist, like, like evil doctor, or you think that's the reason why he dropped out of medical schools because the whole time they're trying to save living people and he's just trying to bring dead people back to life. I think he might've just been on that other level, man. He wasn't quite, he wasn't falling. He wasn't playing by the rules in medical school. He was playing by his own set of rules. And I think, uh, he had to, he had to forge his own path in the medical industry. What was the uh, school that Herbert West went to? Do you remember in reanimator? Mm, you ever saw it? I've seen it. I don't know. Remember something HP Lovecraftian, but apparently that's where uh, Jeff went to as well, because um, uh, Jeff's played by James Lorenz. 
I don't know if you're familiar with him. Uh, dude, that guy was in The Irishman. <laughs> yeah. I looked at his credits. I hadn't. You know who he resembled to me? He resembled uh, Andrew McCarthy from like Weekend at Bernie's, like a young Andrew McCarthy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He has that look. A little bit. Young guy yeah. look. He's probably like 30, but he looks 20. Yeah. You know? and, and his. I'll spoil it early, dude. The way he pulled off this role for such a goofy movie. Wow. This dude. He. <laughs> I don't oh, know. That, I, I don't know that anybody could have done it better. I, it's, Dude, it's, he, he he and Carrie, or um, I'm sorry, Patty Mullen carried the film with just their over the top acting. Like you know, a lot of that shit had to have been like um, just off the cuff. There was that wasn't in the script. The shit he was saying, it was great. His ramblings, his musings, and ramblings were were outstanding. Yeah. Also, he was in Street Trash and RoboCop 3, which I don't think I've seen RoboCop 3. Have you seen that one? Uh, yeah, I have. And I, but it's unmemorable. Only one and two are memorable. That's RoboCop 3 is where it goes into PG-13 territory yeah. and they're trying to sell toys and shit. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like uh, he just rambles like me, like playing on my phone while I'm taking a dump. Yeah. You know, he's just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I can't believe that. Oh, geez. Wow. No, Would you look at that? Steve hmm. wants to do Blood In, Blood Out for the second time. I ain't watching no fucking Blood Out, Blood Out 2. Five hour movie. Uh, so uh, he's hammering a scalpel into the brain, and and uh, I guess there's also a party going on outside. Very, it was a very odd place and time to conduct an experiment. Is what I was gathering there because he's in the kitchen with the with a full on experiment t- test tube and 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 motors and gizmos, and right next to him, the mom is like chopping up uh, coleslaw. Or chopping up cabbage for the coleslaw. He like interrupts the, the uh, experiment by reaching for the ketchup at the table. There's like ketchup and Pepsi, and, and it was weird because it was a it was a birthday party apparently for her father, but it was set up like a seven year old's birthday party with like hats and kazoo's and streamers and balloons and everything. Listen, you've been to my house for a birthday party. That's it's true. the same. That, you're, you're right. So, you're right. Same, oh, same speaking of, this would be a perfect Doc birthday movie. This would just be, <laughs> this would be dead on. For that. Do you think my brother would threaten to walk out like he did with um, <laughs> Father's Day? <laughs> I've had enough. I'm not watching this anymore. I would keep him there with my Tupac shoes. Actually, I would have scared him away with the Tupac shoes. Dude, how many times did Randy say he was going to leave? I have had enough. <laughs> I am not watching this anymore. I, I think the scene where the uh, the, the Father's Day killer was fucking the uh, pastor in the ass. That's what did it for him. He's like, I am. Well, that was the, like the first scene. He's like, I am not watching this. Yeah. He'd walk out to the front yard and come back and sit down again because, uh, you know. <laughs> Trauma films are fascinating enough; they'll offend you and also entice you to yeah, watch more. Well, this one definitely enticed me. Frankenhooker was right up my alley. <laughs> uh, basically, I, I put my notes that he was basically Herbert West from Reanimator at that yeah, point. Yeah, like, pretty much. Yeah. He's trying to get reaction, and what better way to get a reaction from something than to basically poke it with a stick? Like, hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, do something. Work. Work. <laughs> Maybe knock on it like Fonzie on the top of it. Because like, I and it was a weird setting too because. I, I thought that him and the chick in the beginning, I thought they were siblings because of the way the mom was talking about them both. Like, oh, he's always been so creative and, and she's always bought, had an eating disorder. But they, she was speaking very like that she had known him since they were kids. And I thought they were brother and sister in the beginning. Yeah, it was, it was a weird setup. Like, I guess they were in a rush to get this shit like pushed through, fa- which I also thought for a $1.5 million movie. <laughs> They could have done better. <laughs> I think I think they dumped like 1.4 into those explosions, and then like the rest, the 100 grand was everybody else. I don't, dude. His suit when he wore a suit still had the tags on it, so they might have been returning that like after his 
his like day of shooting. Like as soon as they borrowed it, they got to yeah. get it back to the uh, rental company? Yeah, it's got to get back to Schwartz's Big and Tall like tonight by seven. <laughs> Men's Warehouse? <laughs> yeah. Jacoby's. You're love it for a temporary time. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, did you see it had tags on it? I didn't even notice it. Oh, yeah. yeah he's only wearing a suit for like two scenes, and there was definitely tags. Well, uh, basically the mom who's prepping for dad's birthday party with the coleslaw and whatnot, she tells uh, Elizabeth, who, uh, last name Shelley, by the way, I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, so uh, homage to no, Mary homage. Shelley, the author of Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, not a lot of roles for her over the years. I think she's got four total, and she's got one that's in development right now. So yeah, guess, one like super recent, like 2022 yeah, or something. Like some some crazy toy movie or something. Um, she was a penthouse, but, I think she was like penthouse girl of the month at some point too, wasn't she? She was very pretty, man. Oh, yeah, stellar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, very pretty. Um, but basically, mom says to to Beth, like, Elizabeth, hey, your boyfriend's doing weird shit in the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> he's bringing down the party again. Yeah, doesn't want the party room. So um, Beth comes in to try and get him out of his uh, experimental phase, I guess. And uh, um, at some point, too, I don't know if you noticed it, but she, uh, Elizabeth mentions to her friend that she's she's getting too fat and just been trying to help her lose weight. And did you notice that, like, Elizabeth in the party scenes was wearing, like, a fat suit? Yeah, she was padded, like, her butt and her, uh, which oh, yeah. it, it was very noticeable, but also pretty funny. So, But she had also mentioned that that's how you find out that they're that they're engaged to be married, because uh, she mentions that she let Jeffrey staple her stomach at some point. She said she had tried all the fad diets, and they didn't work, and um, they, they're like, oh, my God, he's a doctor? Like, well, now he works at an electric plant. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's, but, a, he's a bioelectric plant. <laughs> technician yeah. right who's dropped out of medical school three times yeah so it's perfect like you've got uh basically a frankenstein guy yeah you've got a dr Frank frankenstein it's, it's the two uh professions you need in order to make dr frankenstein yeah and let me ask you this uh, is penthouse like the filthy cousin of playboy yeah it was one step it was one step uh well higher or lower depending on how you're looking at it but it was it went a, it went a little more full frontal and um Spread them, boys, to then you know, uh, sexy cat pose and and laying on a on a lawn chair. You know, I, I remember uh, when my wife and I were really really young. We've been married for a long, 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 long time, and uh, she actually got me a subscription to Penthouse. Right, that's how cool of a wow. girlfriend slash wife she was, and uh, I just remember like seeing Playboy, and you're like, oh, that's you know, very. Fancy a little artsy, and, uh, little artsy, maybe artsy, yeah. And then I get the the penthouse, and like, there's chicks in there pissing all over the place, yeah. <laughs> like full beaver and everything. What? <laughs> like, wow, man! I wish I still had that subscription. <laughs> Wonder what they're doing now, like vomiting on each other and yeah, like I mean, Bukaki and <laughs> are they in business? Like who? I mean, does anybody buy magazines anymore? Why, every why time would I go you? To the, yeah. Every time I go to CVS to pick up my prescription, I look over at the magazine rack, and uh, there's never anybody looking at them. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, it just seems like it's so much more easier private ways to look at that type of thing than in a magazine rack at the mall or B. Dalton Books or something. I used to love the uh, David Cross. Like, you know, what kind of person buys porno at the airport? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, who's buying the penthouse and Playboy at the airport? Oh, and, like, that's crazy. Can't you just have self-control and not masturbate during the three-hour flight? <laughs> yeah. Can't you just control yourself? I don't want to sit Jeez. next to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and I guess you go back inside and Jeffrey's experiment has gone wrong. And uh, 
I don't know, man. He, um, the, he, his experiment was the funnest thing at the party. They should have been paying attention to that. They should have been paying attention to that instead yeah. of the old fat guy having the party. But, yeah. um, I guess they're trying to establish very, very quickly and without any um, mistake that Jeffrey's, uh, you know, quite the experimenter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you get all the all the background you need in like a three minute scene, probably of of yeah. their relationship and his professions. Which I guess you right. really need to just get that out of the way to get to the fun of the movie. So I it, and you're gonna have to have fun. Elizabeth in the fat suit, so that'll be necessary for when she's eventually resurrected as a sexy like Franken horror. Right, so you're gonna right. have to have all that. Right. Um, and then, uh, ironically, Beth gives her dad with a remote controlled lawnmower. Yeah. Yeah, death mower. Have you ever seen a lawnmower like that? Be remote controlled? Uh, it, was there one in, in Maximum Overdrive, maybe? Oh, yeah, when it runs over the kid, right? Was that remote control? No, that's a steamroller. Oh, no. That was a steamroller that rolled over. I, I want to say I have, but I can't really place it right now. Dude, that's just an instrument of pure human destruction. It's very menacing. Like, yeah. from now on, when I see any landscaper with a lawnmower like that, all I'm going to think about is being rolled over and destroyed by it and then reanimated by Jeffrey as a yeah. uh, like a Chippendales model. Thanks to low you went from Farley to to a Swayze in the Chippendale sketch. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, of course, you know, the dad's super happy and Beth wants to show him how it works, so she fires it up and gets chunked up immediately, instantly, just completely shredded. Yeah, like she's standing directly in front of it. And I think Jeffrey's in the background even like, don't stand in front of it because he's kind of a quirky dude. And she's like, and here's how you turn it on. And here's how you make it go forward and just, <laughs> just cold slaws herself. <laughs> oh, she, she, so it, after that, it instantly cuts to credits as uh, Je Jeff is mapping out the human body. Like, man, that escalated quickly <laughs> dude that was a, that was a really really cool credit background the the scene of the credits the the his ravings and mutterings the drawing was i mean there that was extensive work to do that drawing um yeah oh yeah some some artist needs to be uh uh credited for that because dude that was exceptional it, was it probably great. was just some anatomy guidebook or something they pulled out because you know he didn't pay anybody to but do it was that. really cool because he had all it was fully mapped out and he had all these little notes all over it of like how many volts he'd need to make this muscle move and there was a, a math equation the funniest thing too is because i do it at work sometimes just to like if you want to sound smart when you don't know what you're talking about like, you know carry the three i just throw that in there a lot like i don't know let me go we'll, we'll stop <laughs> over here carry the three we'll go over here <laughs> i do that type of stuff <laughs> so he's doing a lot of that like no no that'll never work we need a, a three prong uh, uh you know amplifier and that's going to take a, a conductor and a you know He's doing all these mutterings and musings of how he's going to put the body together. And I thought it was a very uh, clever credit scene. Really cool. All for his selfish reasons to create a... Um, hotter hotter uh, version of his wife. <laughs> an undead fuck buddy. Right? Uh, I thought she had a, maybe a young Kim Cattrall look to her, if you want to like know what oh, she yeah, looks yeah. like. yeah, From like uh, Big Trouble in Little China type? Yeah, that frame. era. Yeah, not so much Sex in the City, but yeah, like a, an earlier version. Or... or uh, the new one with us. What's that comedian? That new one she just made. I didn't know they made one with Robert De Niro and what's his name? I forget Sal Muscoli or something. I don't know. I've never seen any of any of that. My Crazy Father or something. You know, another one of those movies where um, Robert De Niro plays an old angry, uh, Italian grumpy Italian grandpa. guy. Oh, yeah, Bad stretch. Grandpa. He's stretching, really okay. stretching out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and and I noticed. Like, you kind of figure out what he's doing when it says, you know, it's got her medically accurate tits yeah. on the drawings. And yeah. stuff. <laughs> uh, 
and, and Jeff's like trying to figure out the uh, the the proper voltage to reanimate her undead corpse. Yeah, sixteen hundred volts in there. Well, you've you got all the story you need in, in the first three minutes. Like from now, it's just fun. You already have all the information for the rest of the movie, pretty much. And just for for the record, too, like this is not a horror movie. At oh no! All. And oh. I guess he got criticized for that. He's like. I wasn't making a horror movie. I was making a comedy, and it's definitely a comedy. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah, more more action, I'd say, than horror. Yeah, action. I use in quotation marks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more more. Yeah, more. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing my fingers across, you know, around the microphone for action. Yeah. Uh, but you, you know, he's a man definitely in mourning when he Frenches her picture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was. Really We've all been there, right? <laughs> like, man, really we miss that girl so much. We're just going to take a picture of her and make out with it. Uh, like in Goonies when he cuts the hole in the chick's mouth. Oh, come give me a kiss. He sticks his tongue through the hole in the attic. That's great. And then he pulls the VHS tape of the of the massacre out of the uh, Grey's Anatomy book. And uh, it basically just shows her personality raining down upon the horrified birthday. <laughs> like Everybody gets coded in that shit. Did, did the tape have the news report on it? Is that what that was? I can't yeah. remember. Okay. Why uh, was... Well, I took the news report, so I'm going to give you the cut of that. It was funny. But why was he hiding the tape with the news report? No, Listen, you're concerned about him hiding the videotape of the news report, but he's also got her fucking severed head in the freezer. So I'm focusing on the wrong problem. (laughs) It's like, dude, because I was like, okay, so I'm sure that would have been a massive crime, not a crime scene, but a massive death scene. So, like, how was he able to skedaddle out of there with her head? (laughs) I got the news report because I thought the I thought the news lady really sold it, and I, I thought the police chief did too. I thought they were awesome, but here's the here's the full news report of what happened. What began as a birthday barbecue ended in a bizarre tragedy in Hohokus, New Jersey today. It was this power mower that brought a quick end to the life of 21 year old bride to be Elizabeth Shelley. Like wood through a mulcher, the girthful fiancé disappeared beneath the blades of the berserk mower that sent her personality raining down upon the horrified birthday revelers. In a blaze of blood, bones, and body parts, the vivacious young girl was instantly reduced to a tossed human salad, a salad that police are still trying to gather up, a salad that was once named Elizabeth. She called her girthy. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. It it was so poetic and <laughs> that i wrote down the the reindeer personality down and i also wrote instantly turned uh toss salad into a salad name elizabeth and i think right after that the police chief is like yeah we're still trying to put the pieces together her body's like a jigsaw puzzle <laughs> or something and there's pieces missing it was really good it was done super well oh so good dude yeah like wow that was definitely like not on the the local news. That was definitely on one of the extras. Yeah. Remember the salacious news, you know, stories where they would talk about, you know, which celebrity was boning who and who, you know, went bankrupt and all that shit. It was like after the regular news at like seven. You got the primetime news at six, then you got the national news at six thirty, and then seven o'clock was all the uh, Dolly Parton's got another boob job and. Yeah, it was more salacious, and, uh, more story than news at that point. Right. Yeah. Dude, it, how does a guy like Frank Hennenlotter get a budget of $1.5 million for a movie called Frankenhooker? Yeah, no kidding. Well, I mean, he did, so good for him, but wow. Well, I, I'll tell you, because he sold the movie to people uh, with the title Frankenstein with the 1990. 
Oh, because he didn't want them to know what it was actually about. Yeah. So, like, he pitched the movie. They're like, we'll do it. And then, like, in order to gather more money, he just said, it's Frankenstein 90. Yeah. And that helped with, like, That's casting good. and funding uh, to get people. Because, I mean, do you think Patty Mullen knew when she auditioned for the role it was Frankenhooker? Like, I... she was going to be a Frankenhooker? Who knows, man? I, that's great that he did that, though. That's how I like how when people find ways to get things done like that, and then it, it, it works. That's cool. So Jeff's last name in this movie is Franken, which I thought was a little on the on nose. On the nose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's mourning his loss still. So um, at this point, Ma Franken tries to prompt Jeff to uh, basically find a new lover, right? Get him, get him out of his, get him out of his funk, and get him out of the house. Uh, because he's clearly going insane by her death. Did, and I don't know if he's going insane because of her death or by the fact that he knows now he's got the perfect opportunity to experiment. You know what I mean? I, I, the mom very obviously had a cold. Could you tell that by her talking? No. Oh, dude, she was so stuffy. I, I looked it up in trivia later because I was like, oh, man, that mom is just stuffy. It was driving me crazy. And it's even in the trivia. It said that like they had to pretty much dub her voice in because she was so sick at the time she made it. She's like huffing and puffing and nasally. Um, I did like the scene, though, because I thought and I got a cut of it for you to show you. But um, he pretty much it's a cry for help. He, he's telling his mom like, Hey man, something ain't right here. And I thought it was a pretty good, uh, he turns down her egg salad. <laughs> Here's the cry for help. And, and I don't think the mom picked up on it, but you be the judge. Okay. I'm worried about you. Yeah. Well, so am I, ma. Something's happening to me that I just don't understand. I can't think straight anymore. Like, my reasoning is all, uh, twisted and distorted, you know? I seem to be disassociating myself from reality more and more each day. I'm antisocial. I'm becoming dangerously amoral. I've lost the ability to distinguish between right from wrong, good from bad. I'm scared, Ma. I mean, I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm plunging headfirst into some kind of black void of sheer, utter madness or something. Do you want a sandwich? <laughs> uh, that would be what we like to call a clue. That is a serious is a, cry for help if, if I've ever heard one. a clue, like... Uh, that shit probably happens every day in America now. And nobody reports any of it, right. and then we just have a terrible catastrophe. Right? Yeah, I, I can't tell right from wrong. I've become immoral. Uh, I'm losing my mind. Uh, yeah, th those I are don't all have a hints. Grip of reality. Yeah. <laughs> those are all hints that something ain't, ain't right. Yeah, may want to uh, get that kid some help. Yeah, uh, because later on that evening, uh, Jeff preps his ultimate experiment, which is uh, reanimating Bess' head. Oh, that huge uh, that, that huge rubber spark plug that he pulled out of his truck was hilarious. Did the the last piece of his of his gear? What, <laughs> what he needs? It was uh, like a knee high rubber spark plug. It was all floppy. It was great. Uh, do you, do you think that Beth's head looked terrible like I did? Okay. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hold that. No, I'm gonna talk about it now. I thought the mannequins in general were just bad enough. I'm going to, I'm going to switch that. They were just good enough that I could tell who they were trying to be. Yes. But just bad enough 
that I was able to have fun with it and laugh. So I think, it, I think it nailed it. I, for me, I think it was dead center, right in the middle. Okay, so I, I, I will say that the exploding corpses of later are, are far better than the the um, prosthetic heads of Beth and Jeff later on. Later, yes, like, yes. Beth's head looks terrible and Jeff's head looks terrible, but the mannequins were great to me. Right, but like, but the heads were close enough that you could tell who they were trying to be, and that I thought was a feat in itself. Uh, you know, because they they did modify them a little bit so you could tell which hooker the head came from, uh, and everything. So I thought that that was kind of I didn't I, I was surprised they, they, they put that much didn't detail. Didn't punch in. any hair in those prosthetics or nothing. It was all wigs and oh yeah, and uh, you know shit like that, that. That's what I'm saying. I say it was good. I'm saying it was. Good yeah. enough. Just it good. Was, yeah. It was just enough to, to it, like, I was smiling the entire time, oh, so yeah. I didn't care. But those prosthetics, man, like, I wonder, I wonder who did the special effects for this movie. I think I looked to see if there was anybody look. I knew, and it was nobody I knew. That so. the prosthetic foot that was next to her head was heinous. That was fucking grotesque, dude. <laughs> the one with the bunions? No, no, that one was bad. Too. Actually, they were. Well, I think I remember reading too that like a bunch of the prosthetics got stolen early on, and they left. They were left with like the worst of the worst to, to yeah, use. like all the good ones yeah, that had like flexibility and shit. The, the and ones with articulation. Can, they were malleable and yeah. stuff. Yeah, you could articulate. They were all stolen, like by the probably the uh, college interns that were not getting paid shit to make the movie. Uh, they stole those, and then allegedly, and then. Um, you know, he had all the stiff body parts that you could buy at Spirit Halloween. I'm <laughs> I'm up. kind of cool with that though. Like it, it didn't bother me at all. I I think I'm okay with them being crappy. Like remember the conjoined uh, uh body parts were so funny because they were so plasticky. This if, one, this one was if. a step up from that, but yeah, but not good, not good. Did you did you catch that quick cameo of Zachary as a yeah? That was the uh, that was the guy. Hold on, I wrote was it. It was the dude hosted a TV show. He oh, was a late night like uh, horror movie host, and I've seen him at you know conventions. I believe like him and it's, he's like a Joe Bob Briggs right. or a uh, Count uh, Cool Rider. Cool Rider. Yep, yep. Uh, his show um, was called Chiller and Shock Theater. That's that's what it was. So he performs a rear roll, not a frontal lobotomy nice. to himself. Right. And the whole time, I, I, that's one thing I didn't understand is that like, at one point he's, he's doing these experiments and the whole time he's doing these experiments, everybody, he's literally talking to himself, like, relax, calm down, yeah. take it easy. It's yeah. going to be fine. Car carry the three, carry the three, take this down, yeah. divided by pie. So in order to calm himself down, he does, instead of a frontal, he does a rear roll lobotomy where he literally takes a drill bit and drills into the base of his head yeah. to calm himself down, I guess. Yeah. Which is a cool effect, man. Like, um, like it looked cool. I'd say a bit of a throwaway for me. I didn't think the effect was all that that great, and I didn't. I don't think it added much. This was to me. This scene was a little bit of a throwaway. While he's doing that, that is the catalyst that gives him the idea that he's not going to be able to bring her back because there's nothing left to reanimate. So he's going to have to get fresh body parts. Bingo. Bingo. So that's the big, that's the big reveal of why he's doing that. Um, and so, uh, at that point, Jeff decides to hit up like, I guess, 42nd street in New York for the sex buffet. That street was pretty much the invasion USA hooker street, just lined up with nothing but pimps and hookers yelling at you. And as you, as you drive by, which is always fun. I think that's a fun trope in a movie. Okay. So, well, 
So that wasn't a trope in a movie. That was actually, they just literally opened the side of the van and drove down the street in New York and filmed that. That's so that was real. <laughs> <laughs> that was really what it looked like back then. But so uh, I can't imagine, like, I don't like going to Costco and somebody asking me about solar panels. <laughs> so I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. Because I'm terrible at telling people no. Like, my wife used to make fun of me because, like, the telemarketers would call and I would listen to them for, like, 10 minutes. And then, uh, uh, no, thank you. Uh, I, not necessary. Even the solar panel people, and instead of just ignoring them, I say, I've already got solar or Cox. I've already got Cox. I'm good. Uh, but, dude, I don't, I'd probably been, you know, fucking five, ten whores a night because I just couldn't say couldn't no. Couldn't say no. Just too nice of a guy. No. No. <laughs> too polite. I'm, I'm on the opposite spectrum of that. I have no issue. And I have a thing I do at work because, you know, we're, we're around town all day. This works like a charm. I'm going to give this as a, as a service for anybody listening. We get hit up by panhandlers five to ten times a day because we're in out of convenience stores, on the strip, casinos, everything, right? Every single time they walk towards me and ask me for something, I say, hey, man, I'm working right now. I can't. And every time they say, okay, man, sorry. I don't know why when I say I'm working, it works. Maybe they think I'm working for the establishment and they're not supposed to be panhandling there. But if you tell them, sorry, man, I'm working right now. I've never, and I've done this easily 50 times and not one time has anyone questioned it. So there you go. So me keeping my wallet in my back pocket and the empty out my front pockets, like dog ears and being like, I'm broke. (laughs) I'm going away. There's there's another one I've wanted to try is when when they're approaching me because you can always tell they're outside of Seven Eleven and they're you know whatever I I always thought would be good to ask them for money first like hey man you got a a buck on you like to reverse it (laughs) I've actually done that and made my wife laugh you know the uh, gypsies in like Walmart parking lots and shit where they're not homeless they just kids as they as soon as they start walking up to me I'd be like hey you got a dollar and they just like it looks like you've rebooted them they're like what yeah I'm like yeah I need a dollar. And my wife laughs every time. I only do that to gypsies, but not to regular hobos. That's a, or, you, know, you, that, you know what that is? You played the Uno reverse card on them. That's why they didn't know how to handle it. Draw, draw four, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. So I'm telling you, man, just tell them I'm at work right now or, hey, man, I'm working right now. Never want. They always say, they always apologize. Oh, sorry, man. Like every time. So you can use it. It's because it they, guil- they feel guilty because they haven't done it in 10 years. Yeah, maybe, man. I don't know, but it's something that just flies out of my mouth now. Uh, so basically, um, at this point, Jeff is talking about, he's got to get the right parts. Um, and he basically, he does a cash flash to some street walker on the street. And, uh, and she basically, as soon as he shows money to that chick, when he breaks out his wallet and shows all the money, she catapults right into his front seat. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those magic words. Yeah. I got some money. Uh, but it's also probably the most dangerous thing you can do is show a whore all your money because, uh. You ever heard heard of a trick roll in Las Vegas? Uh, yeah, I might have uh, heard of that once or twice. <laughs> if anybody wants to know what that is, basically, they take you back to your hotel room and uh, they tell you to freshen up. And when you go to the bathroom to clean your crotchal area, they take all your shit and leave. Yeah, because they figure you know fifty fifty, they won't call the cops. Yeah, you're getting yourself in trouble for your admitting that you picked up a hooker. So, dude, I've actually seen a video where a chick is pantomiming having intercourse with the guy, but she's using her hand instead of her vaginal area. And while she's doing that, she's using her other hand to steal all his shit out oh of the uh, nightstand. That's a sleight of hand <laughs> trick. Totally fall. Yeah. That's it's like great. A <laughs> yeah. Lance Burton. That's magical. <laughs> good. No, 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 more David Blaine. Like David street, Blaine. Street magic. <laughs> That's good. So the guy thinks he's getting, you know, what he paid for. And actually he's not. She's like, uh, you know, she's ripping him off. Hey, girls got to make a living, man. 
That's right. Um, and then he basically makes up some scam where he says, like, I need multiple ladies for, like, some dude's birthday party or some shit, right? Right. Um, but he has to talk to the pimp Zorro first. Yeah, yeah. Dude was beefy. <laughs> listen, that dude was hella beefy. Uh, listen, I, the, the, the whore is like, I got to talk to the manager about this. <laughs> so... It's like you gotta call the you gotta call the um the pit boss over because it's too big of a bet. That's pretty yeah, much what happened. Like at one point she's like, "Hey, Susie, get over here. This guy's got money." And he's like, "No, no, I need more than two. I need like a lot. I need a whole stable." Yeah. So, oh, well, you're gonna talk to Zorro about that because that's way above my pay grade. But then you get to walk. You get the bar walkthrough, which is great because it's like the the skeeziest, sleaziest. Uh, it's so did great. Did you catch the name of that bar? Uh, it was the Huevos Grande, I think, like Big Balls. <laughs> Big Balls. <laughs> yeah, it was great. But that whole scene was stellar because there's just so much going on in the background. With the extras are like having sex and smoking crack and and fighting, and then there's naked chicks. Uh, every oh, it was just there, great. there was the two guys banging the barking chick in the in the bathroom stall where they couldn't keep the door closed and to it, cover up what they were doing. And she malfunctioning was like, door. Because <laughs> basically Jeff has to make the deal with Zorro in the dis- most disgusting, vile bathroom known to man. Yeah, Zorro should have had a much sleeker office for the type of work he was in. He was He's literally horrible. selling drugs and hookers in the in a basically a, a a truck stop bath in the the bathroom at the double down is where he's doing his business. <laughs> <laughs> There's glory holes everywhere in their eye level and crotch level, and it's gross. He's, dude. At, he's at Moondoggies selling drugs out of the bathroom. So basically, uh, Jeffrey is able to ne- negotiate with Banyos Zoros a uh, multi chick deal to uh, come to his room later that night, and he also, as a throw throwaway, he gets a bag of crack. Yeah, he sees that the uh, hookers are very interested in the crack, so he gets some from himself so he can do a, pull some Breaking Bad type shit and make a better version later. Super crack. Uh, you know, basically the chicks will work more for the drugs than they will for the money. Right. So he buys the bag of super crack, and uh, you get that cut to the Morton Downey Jr. type spoof about legalized prostitution and all that shit, yeah. which I thought was kind of timely because Morton Downey Jr. was a... He was like, um, who would you... He was like a more extreme Maury Povich, would you say? Yeah, he was. Man, there, there's. He was he was crazier than like uh, who was the one guy, Jerry Springer. His shows were yeah. crazier than Jerry Springer's show. It was like a, like a, a like a a more mean spirited version of Geraldo at the time, I guess. Yeah. He would, he would berate like the guests. He would smoke cigarettes and stand and hover over the guests and berate them, pretty much. And scream at them. Yeah. What was the uh, Weird Al spoof or that like? Um, Underweight lesbian bimbos. Uh, oh yeah, on uh, UHF. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> underweight lesbian bimbos uh, abducted by aliens and forced into weight loss programs. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Overweight lesbian bimbos abducted by aliens and forced into weight loss programs. It was like that. But yeah, he would just sit and smoke cigarettes when you could do that on TV and just scream at people. And I remember like the logo for his show was like a big fucking mouth, was right? It, was it, yeah, it was like a uh, yeah, almost like the um the Rolling Stones lips, but not. Yeah. With like cigarette stains on the teeth and shit. Uh, so Jeff goes back to his, uh, lab, which I don't know if you notice this too, but like the exterior of the lab and the interior looked completely different. Yeah. It was like, like Dexter's the garage lab. looked really <laughs> yeah. tiny, but inside the lab, it was like four times bigger than it could possibly be. Yeah. It's Dexter's and that lab. Was by design. It was cool. Yeah. And that was by design as well. I thought um, they kitted his lab out. Great. They did his lab up. 
it was better than it had any right to be with all the equipment and attention to detail on the walls and the machinery. I thought it was great. Jacob's ladders going off. Yes. You know, Tesla coils and all kinds of weird shit everywhere. Stuff you can see in the background was great. Um, and he drills his skin or he drills his skull again. Um, because that's basically, uh, his, his way of thinking clearly now. So, um, he's addicted to drilling his skull, which I don't suggest anybody try in the near future. Um, and then he tests the super crack on that guinea pig. Yep. Yep. He uses like one of those old, uh, flutes to like get a fire going and he blows the super crack into the cage and the guinea pig inhales it because he tells him to, because the guinea pigs can understand English. And then it blows into four perfect parts in the cage. He used the guinea pig as a guinea pig. That's what yep. went down there. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yep. Very on the nose again. Uh, and then buddy. at that point, that's when Jeff gets Clint up, right? And he that's when he puts on the suit with the tags still on, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's when he meets up with all the girls, right? And, dude, what a montage that was. That was spectacular, dude. Oh, my God. Spectacular. Well, he shows up. The the chief uh, executive whore in charge basically introduces him to all, the stable of ladies in the hotel room, and this is Doctor Jeff, and he's going to be uh, inspecting us all, and whoever he picks, he gets thirty minutes with, right? Yeah, he's going to play doctor. That was the whole like skit, and yeah. um, the the lineup of, and I did you read anything about the chicks? I did get a little bit of that. They were uh, they were having a hard time finding actresses who were comfortable with that, which is crazy to me because in the 80s every chick would do nudity like it was not a thing well they did trim some of this down i think there was a lot of frontal originally that he took out so maybe that had something to do with it okay i could see that uh so basically what they ended up doing was hiring a bunch of strippers yeah he went to a place called billy's topless bar (laughs) because he figured they were probably okay with taking their tops off and he was right yeah, well, some of them were okay with it, and some of them were only okay with one nipple showing. <laughs> some of them. Were... To, to, I don't know how to describe this better, but there's what, like seven or eight chicks in there, maybe. Yep. And yep. there, there is a there, there. It's a very big variety of of maturity and vintage on these girls. So you're getting a big slice of how do I, how do I say this in a in a good way? You see what I'm saying? So. I actually, I don't know if I've ever told you about that situation where I went to a, a massage place in the Marine Corps. A rub and tug? I, I didn't know that. Ah, so, bullshit, bullshit. All right, continue. <laughs> so, well, I, I didn't know that officially. Sure, uh, sure, I, sure. I hadn't affirmed it yet. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But they told us, like, all the places th- that were off limits, off base, right? You couldn't go to strip clubs. You couldn't go to massage parlors. So, of course, as soon as we got on Liberty, that's the first place we went. Me and, like, four different guys. And basically, the only reason we went, because there was a dude with us that, and I won't say his name, but you could tell had never had anybody touch his wiener before. Okay. <laughs> so, so we go to this place, and I remember walking in, and we're sitting there in the lobby, and as we're sitting there, another Marine, like you could tell, had been in the Marine Corps for a long time, walked in. And as soon as he saw us, he walked out. He was like, oh, no, I'm not dealing with this. So they literally stand up like five women and tell this kid, hey, pick which one you want to have a massage from, right? And I remember the dude picked the chick that looked just like my grandmother. Oh. <laughs> I was like, there's like very pretty girls, and there's one lady specifically that looks like my grandmother. She's that old, and he uh. picked her. He picked her 
and confirmed later that it wasn't just a massage. It was a uh, finish. Yeah. And I, I was just disgusted and I've never been in one since. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, good Lord. Like, thanks, man. You ruined it for me for the rest of my life effectively. So if you want a good deterrent for going into those types of places, just take a friend who picks somebody that looks like your girlfriend oh, or your grandmother. Grandma. <laughs> oh, that's rough business. So but uh, there was a varying degree, like I said, of, of, well, I guess that's what you want, right? If you're trying to pick, uh, you know, body parts, you want a, you want a big selection of different shapes and sizes and you ages want to be able to ages and yeah so i think i think uh, it was it, measurements it was perfect for the movie it made it fun i thought uh it, i was totally cool with it i'm also going to say this uh el jefe was very um thorough in his examination methods and i'm talking zits and all oh he got into every nook and cranny of those chicks he was digging zits and all and it was great because the entire time he's doing this uh, Lorenz is just ad limit ad living yeah. shit oh, all over great. the place. It was great. The, oh, these are perfect. Perfect density, perfect size. It's amazing. The uh the areolas, the right size, no baloney nips. It's here, great. Here's a funny one he did he did. He's when he's checking out the, the chick's booby, he's like this. Awesome. Utterly awesome. Utterly awesome. Uh, utterly ah. not utter, utter utterly awesome. But he would say the funniest shit, man. One of them he said, um, she has outstanding lactiferous glands. <laughs> he'd be like, he'd have like a, a compass and he would be like drawing around her boobie and be like, okay, divided by pi, add the one. Yes, this will work. And he's got a Sharpie and he's drawing, he's making check marks, check marks on, on the, the pieces. Right. Like, so he'd, he'd check mark one chick's calf and he'd check mark one chick's shoulder and one chick's butt. And he was, he was basically doing a full exam on each one of these girls and picking the best of each part. It was a really fun scene. I thought it was done super well. One time uh, he did like a chorus line where he's crawling oh, on great. his stomach through all their legs and checking all the gams out and whatnot. It was totally cool, man. It was a great scene. Super fun. Fun to watch. Yeah. N- no complaints whatsoever. Um, At that point, you know, all the working girls, you know, they have no idea what they're doing. So they're just thinking it's a regular John. So while he's doing that, they're throwing out like, I bet you got a really big thermometer to put up in me. Stuff like that. Right, right. So, you know, they've been there all this time getting checked out by the students. So they're kind of upset. They want to know who he's going to pick to spend time with, right? Because not a lot of customers get this get this much attention, right? But well, they say they have to go back Zorro. to work too. Zorro's going to be Zorro's going to be mad. They got to get back to work. The majority well, of them during this whole scene too. Zorro's waiting downstairs with the uh, proprietor of the hotel. You know, pacing. wrenching his hands yeah. and pacing back and forth, like what's going to happen? What's going on? And uh he finally, he's just like, look, this isn't about sex. This is about creating life. And they're like, you're crazy. We don't know what you're talking about. So he throws them the doctor's satchel of money, which also he forgot happened to have the crack in it. Which super crack. I didn't, I didn't, super crack, which I didn't understand. Like, was that a ploy for him just to get him to do it? Or was he genuinely yeah. shocked that they were going to do it? Did he have a, a change of heart at that moment and then realize he had fucked up by giving him the super crack or was it just a ploy to get him to do it? I anymore? had the same question. Um, and on the, I think I watched it like three times. I think that cause he looked genuinely surprised when they pulled the bag out from the bottom of the bag, but, and he was telling him not to mess with it the whole time. So I'm going to say that he probably had it and maybe he had second thoughts at that time and was not going to do it. And it was like, you know what? This ain't, this ain't going to happen. to me like the Brer Rabbit. Like, right, don't right, throw don't, me don't, into the yeah. briar patch. Do whatever like, you want. Oh, you don't, don't want to do that. that. Yeah. Right. yeah okay. Don't do that crack. It's yeah. terrible. You know, they go cuckoo for crack rock, man. They just, uh, they start partying and, and, and do all um, 
stripper parties start off with somebody playing music and then all the girls in the party start, start taking dancing. their clothes off? I would assume so. I can't see it any other way. That's how I think it would happen. Yeah. Because I have been to some parties with strippers and that did not happen. And, and if that's the norm, then I feel like maybe it's just me. I think you got, I think they, they did it wrong. I think you got left out on that because that's in my head, that's how they all happen. So. I just remember at that one particular party too, this guy uh, asked me if I wanted some, uh, what did he call it? I just remember the guy kept like rubbing his nose oh. and then he asked me if I wanted some booger. <laughs> I was like, what? And I was in the mil- military and he's like, hey man, you want some booger? I'm like, I, I don't, I don't understand what you're talking about. My girlfriend at the time, who's my wife now, she's like, he wants to know if you want cocaine, yeah. so no. Stop being a square. <laughs> hey, those was, those hookers you want went some booger, buddy. Those hookers went bonk bonkers nutty when he brought out that crack or when she brought out that crack. They exploded into literally, but they went into a crazy mode where they were fighting each other and they were couldn't do enough crack and they're ripping at each other trying to get to it. And uh, man, they they were cuckoo for crack for sure. Well, let me tell you, if there's ever been a uh, advertisement for um, not using drugs, drugs, this would be it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, he's basically being assaulted by these women. They're basically trying to apply their trade on him. And, and basically, they're on top of him, all using drugs, all in various stages of undress. And one by one, like one lady's like, oh, I'm starting to feel bad. And he's like, she's going to blow. And boy, this does <laughs> So basically, the, the, the hookers great. would pantomime like a sickness and then pause in a particular position, and then it would quick cut to a mannequin of that person, and then they would like set off fireworks. I had zero issue with the exploding hookers. No, zero. Not at all. Like, I was that's perfect. loving every bit of it. <laughs> totally Every fine. bit of it, because I knew how much work went into making those stupid things. And, and like if you look at their faces... On, on her, they actually resembled each hooker. It wasn't a stock mannequin for each hooker. They did a little work. To, they did work to yeah. make them all resemble the the ladies that they were portraying. And it was just, you know, somebody set off a fucking phantom firework in the back of it and just pull, pull it apart. And it was great. A couple M80s in the, in the tuchus and <laughs> light her up and everything was good. Uh, it was good. It was very so. Imagine seven, eight hookers, and they all die like that, and they all get their own little moment to shine. And then at this point, uh, Zorro at the same time is wondering where his ladies are, so he starts p- bashing in the door. And the very final hooker to blow up, her head flies across the room and knocks Zorro out. Head to head combat, it torpedoes him in the dome and knocks him. <laughs> During the party, though, while they were playing the music, did you catch the subliminal messages in the background? No, not at all. So during the song where they're all dancing before they explode while they're doing the crack and, and smothering Jeffrey, um, the song is playing subliminal messages. I only know because I was wearing headphones. I was like, is that guy saying something? And in the background, the guy in the song is saying, never say no. So he's, he's playing this song backwards. Like it was literally some generic, like eighties, nineties, like dance music was just some guy never say no drugs are good. Play this song backwards. (laughs) Pro drug, pro drug. Song. Yeah. yeah, you could barely hear it, but I was like, "That's not yeah. it's good." Um, and then uh, so now that all the girls have exploded and the damage is done, uh, Jeff will not look a gift horse in the mouth, and he just collects bags full of the girls' body parts, which I guess were perfectly separated the way he needed them with the check marks on them, and basically tosses them off the fire escape. 
Yeah, he, he was he was very cavalier with throwing body parts around, which I thought was fun. Like put him in his trunk and slamming him around. He wasn't trying to be. Well, uh, I, I don't know if you remember. He also had the one just leg he was carrying, like a yeah a over his shoulder. He's like he's like hacksaw Jim Duggan with the with the two by four over his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, uh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So he was just you know I mean with all the horrors and crime and everything happening in New York at that time, like walking around with bag full of ladies' body parts is no big deal. It all went unnoticed. Yeah. Uh, so now he's basically gluing Beth back together with this purple paste shit. And, uh, which I didn't think was as cool as like Dr. Herbert West, you know, neon green serum he used to bring people together. But I did notice that Frank Hinnelotter had a color scheme for this movie. It was all like purples and blue, like light blues. And it all worked because even her, her costume later, when she becomes Frankenhooker, it has that look to it, you yeah. know, and even the, like the little monsters and the purple goo and the, in the, freezer and stuff all had that hue so it's kind of cool it was cool and lynn walked through of course when lynn walked through one of these times when i was watching it and it was really funny because i had to pause it because i you know i just didn't want to have to explain what i was watching and you could if you paused it you could see it was really cool how it was set up there'd be like a barrel with legs sticking out of it almost like fishing rods and then there was like a table full of just boobs like just random boobies and then there was a table oh, the tata tray the tata tray there was a, a you know a, a ta- it was all separated by body part and it was really it was really cool. Like, I looked around the room quite a bit while it was paused, and they did a really good setup of that uh, that scene. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what's funny, though, is I did read that they used up all the money for the, the budget for the movie and the exploding hookers. And so he had to do, like, he had to call in favors to get that lab to look like that. I, the, he had some didn't have the big money. favors then because it lo- I looked better than a lot of the labs we've seen already. I guess after the hooker exploding scene, every other pyrotechnic after that was all like unlicensed and maybe safe. Yeah, yeah. Safe and en- safe enough. Safe-ish. <laughs> It'll pass. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um then you get the cool mad scientist like laboratory scene where he rise you know, cranks her up into the sky during the lightning storm, which how do these doctors always know when there's gonna be it's always perfect timing. Like I just collected these body parts and tomorrow there's going to be a, a thunderstorm where I'm going to get some lightning opportunities. Uh, the, uh, the weatherman, uh, John Zachary uh, said it. told him, I guess. Yeah, he yeah. did. Didn't he? Yeah. I didn't even catch that until now. Yeah, yeah. He did tell him it was happening. So, uh, good timing, Jeffrey. Yep. And then Beth is alive. She's alive and she's just like the Beth that he remembers. Except a uh, much hotter body. Uh, and also she's a, horror in her mind also she's not beth yeah <laughs> she's not beth at all like as soon as he reanimates her he's so excited because he's brought her to life and it's his girlfriend in theory and uh she literally reverts right into street walker mode and yeah. she's like you got any money yeah. need a date yeah and when he says none of that she bitch slaps him yeah and knocks him out <laughs> so i guess all her lines were were comprised of only things that the hookers had said earlier in the movie. And I thought that was pretty neat. I thought that was a oh, cool, was great. cool yeah. thing. Yeah. That she was able to do that, you know, yeah. it was like able to make the scenes happen by just reciting shit that had already been recited earlier yeah. in the movie. By so the was, like was anything good. she would say is basically like looking for some action. Want some money? You got money? Looking for this some action? This guy's a doctor. Yeah. He's, you know, he gets 30 minutes of the girl he chooses. Yeah. And looking for the Jones. Looking for the Jones. Yeah. Yeah, it was Which good. I think they meant Johns, but. She was really quirky, like the way she would uh, do her mouth. I sent you a 
gif of it. And and also the way she would move her head was very quirky, but it was really uh, she. I don't know if she came up with it or if she was directed to do that. It made the character. It made the character very likable and fun. I'll never forget it. Yeah, yeah. like that's how I want to see my Franken monsters from now on. Yeah, I want to see stoic and with their arms out in front of them. Uh, around you. Yeah. Uh, fire bad i want to see him like quivering in their lips and like saying shit about Got any money up- <laughs> any money need a date need a date <laughs> and, and dude i thought it was cool that the, the attention to detail that hennenlotter brought he actually had the platform shoes on her too instead of like high heels oh yeah he put like those traditional frankenstein platform shoes on her. oh yeah oh yeah Oh, it was great, dude. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, you could tell like her head was a different color from her torso oh, yeah. and the stitches and then her arm had the Zorro, you know, uh, brand on it. I don't know if they did some like those. some latex or putty work, but there were seams where he had seamed her back together. And yeah, like you said, they'd be different colors. Like her wrist was a different color than her hand, than her forearm. Uh, it, there was definite attention to detail. Uh, it worked very well. And she, I think she made, she took that extra she took it to another level with her mannerisms. So all in all, it was a. I thought it was a really better than it had any right to be. I'd say. Yeah. Oh yeah. But she immediately grabs her shit and goes and hits the streets with Jeff knocked out. And uh, when he comes to, he immediately goes looking for her. Now, just so everybody knows, like the Herculean task that would be ahead of him finding one person in the city of New York, like that's. That was a little silly. To well, me. Like, he's, he says it though. If you listen to his mutterings, he's like, "All she cares about is money. Back, All she cares she about is money." Back to where she knows. Yeah. Where yeah. can where can a hot chick make a bunch of money? That, that so he's kind of muttering that through Scooby doing it out, and that leads right. him back to the um the to the alley full of chicks asking for money, pretty much. And so, um, at this point, so she obviously goes right back to where she came from. And she's on this on the uh, the row, I guess. And uh, Frank and Beth finds some schlubby John to have a date with, and uh, she ends up taking him right back to the fuck shop where she all those body parts came from, right? Yep. And uh, when she strips down, she's a pretty lady, but I thought the purple nips were like a, a perfect addition. <laughs> I, I I wrote down she had a bad case of purple nurple. Someone gave her the double purple nurple. <laughs> It was a nice touch. Like, hey, man, I've got this undead, you know, Frankenhooker. So purple nips would be perfect. And uh, she basically rides him to climax and literally blows his head off. Yeah, yeah. And you know what, man? Uh, it probably was worth it, dude. Fuck it. it. Seemed like you had a good time, man. I, I, I got nothing. Oh, he was way <laughs> into it. I, I just, I've, I've never uh, delved into horror territory, uh, but he definitely was a pro at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he and had he, no. Like you said, she's, she was really a really pretty lady, and I'd read, too, that they had originally tried to dye her pubic hair purple, like, over and over, and it wouldn't work, uh, so they gave up on the idea, but then they ended up cutting out all the frontal to begin with, but what a nightmare that The makeup that guy's like, be. let me try one more yeah, yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, got one more. I'm sorry. It would have been a nightmare for her. Probably everybody else is like, I think I can get it with just a little more time. <laughs> let me spend a little bit more time down there, and I'll get this to work. But yeah. that, like you said, that added purple-nurple effect, it, it took it took something that was already cool and just notched it up and made it cool and fun at the same time, and that's that was a little bit of genius, I thought. Yep, absolutely. Um, so then, after that John gets exploded. She finds the uh, uh, as a, a dirty Dago T-shirt wearing spaghetti flinging wop. Oh my she god! Finds. That that T-shirt. Yeah. 
I want to know how they made that T-shirt effect. How do you make it that dirty? Tight and tea, I guess. Was it like motor oil? They ripped it and dick dipped it in motor oil. Uh, he had like a mullet, like a greasy ass mullet man, and oh. uh, she finishes him off pretty quick too. So uh, she's already killed two people within a matter of minutes. Yeah. So she's on a rampage. She must be stopped. And also shows the dangers of picking up ladies of the evening. Yeah, maybe they deserved it for their actions. <laughs> she, I, I wrote down that she finishes him off too, if you know what I'm saying. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't really and then, say, and it doesn't matter, but they didn't really say what her actual power was. It was just. Well, like anybody that had any type of sexual contact with her at all, making out with her, uh, getting ridden by her, eating her out, you're going to die yeah. by electricity and blowing up, basically. Right. So she's got too much excess voltage in her Oh, body, good. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, she goes back to the Huevos Grande. uh where uh, I guess basically Zorro's drowning his sorrows with some other skeezy guy. Yeah, like, turns I, out I he really did name. care about those hookers. He was really sad about them, so he had a little bit of a, no. <laughs> no, nah. missing out on the financial. Yeah, it was the money, uh, definitely the money issue. Yeah, uh, and dude, did everybody in New York in 1990 have like an enormous libido where all they thought about was sex all the time? Yes. I'm assuming every, so. Every time any guy saw a woman, it was like, you know, the cartoons where the eyes would get big and yeah. their jaw would drop down to the floor and their tongue would, you know, roll out. Yeah, I got I Everybody got a, acted that way. I got a thing for that here. Like their tongue would fall. <laughs> so as soon as this attractive yet visually uh, stunted, there's something wrong with this girl. She's attractive, but there's also something off with her, with her mannerisms and stuff. He instantly wants to. Uh, have fellatio with her he wants to he wants to add her to his stable of women is what i gathered so yeah he was he was trying to hook her in what was the deal with her and the pretzels though uh because in the beginning the mom kept telling her to stop eating pretzels because she was too fat so that showed that she still had a little little beth left in her little beth because i remember like she went over and started uh, you know chomping on those pretzels like a fat kid eating cake and she was just like while she's slamming those down the guy's trying to hit on her and and you know in a typical, you know, machismo fashion, the guy has, he's not reading the room basically. And he's still just trying to get in her pants. Yeah. Cause the, the bartender lady spike, I think her name was, she even tells her, Hey baby, you better lay off on those pretzels. You'll get fat. And she gives her like the, the, the grunt of, uh, of death, yeah, yeah. which is in the beginning. The mom was telling her, Hey, stop eating those pretzels. You know, you should be watching your weight. So, but I thought that was a cool clue that, okay, there's still some of her in there with there's the other girls. Other, right. Yeah. With just the right, um, attract the right, um, Signal, I guess, with the right um, something to get her attention. Or, bring yeah. Beth or a catalyst. You needed the yeah. catalyst. The cat- yes. Yeah. Um, so as you know, the guy's trying to grab a bite in Tuna Town. That's when Zoro realizes yep. he starts to see like the tattoos and the way the words she's saying. Uh, and that guy ends up biting the dust instead of biting the muff. Nice, so. good duck. Proud, <laughs> of you. Proud of you for that. Yeah. So he goes downtown and uh, ends up going underground because he blows up. Yeah. And gets electrocuted. And while that's happening, like an OG Westboro Baptist uh, Looney Tune is outside reading the gospel to everybody. And Jeff is able to ascertain from that crazy individual, who's probably the, the one guy who knows what's going on in the entire city, that um, that Beth is in the bar. And that's when Jeff runs in as she's killing the, the Zorro's pal. And the whole crowd is like rush, rushing out of the, the bar to get away from her. And he picks her up. Actually, doesn't Zorro smack her head off? Yeah, Zoro punch. I, I thought the effect was really good on that too. He punches her, and it 
flops her head backwards. He breaks her. Like a Pez dispenser, dude. Yeah. It's awesome. And it was upside yeah. down, but they kept it. It looked really, I mean, it didn't look authentic, but it looked really good. I thought it was really Even cool. they had animatronics in there. Yeah. Her mouth was moving and her eyes were moving back yeah. and forth. And uh, I'm trying to think, I think they had a similar effect in uh, in Reanimator or Bride of Reanimator, one of those movies. But dude, like, that took a lot of fucking work, dude. Yeah, it did. That and it was, was a short easy. scene, but it was done really well. Um, I got I got a sneaky suspicion that I'm going to end up looking like that street preacher when I get older. Did Did you catch that at all from him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I felt like weird. What do you like mean you're going to look like? Yeah, you look like him I mean, now. Like three steps away from him, yeah. <laughs> I felt oddly, like, uh, ashamed when he was on screen. <laughs> Well, one day we're going to figure out that those crazy guys were right all along. We're like, man, I should have listened to that crazy Bible thumper guy. We see him on the, the strip quite a bit where it'll be like all these tourist families. There's guys smoking weed. There's a lady doing a hula hoop. And there's like a busker playing you know, bucket drums. And then there's one dude with a, a, a sandwich board thing on that says, you know, repent, Jesus saves. And he's got his megaphone and he's yelling at all of them about Jesus. And it's just circus. Because no one's paying attention to him, and there's all kinds of other wacky stuff going on around him. It's like everyone's doing their own thing, and no one's paying attention to anybody. It's such a weird... Dude, um, I've seen those guys get attacked before. Oh, like, I believe it, yeah. Uh, a guy walking down the strip with his wife, and you know somebody will point at the lady and be like, you know, call her a huzzy or you know, a whore, yeah. or you know, you're operating in sin, and the husband's like, fuck you, and starts attacking there, have you seen the crazy too is like half the time those guys are out there they've got a like an AR15 strapped strapped across their chest too. Yeah. <laughs> there I've seen the cars too where the car is completely covered in like I love Jesus bumper stickers and they'll have a megaphone on the top of the car and they'll be singing Jesus songs driving down the strip um, like just making U-turns up down up down. Can I do that and ex- instead be blaring like Swedish death metal? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's raining men. So we be <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what, what if they're right, man? And we're wrong the whole time. That right? joke's on us then. Yeah. Uh, so it's funny cause Jeff comes in, scoops up her noggin and, uh, takes her home. But did you notice when he drives off her head cracks back again? Like it fell yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the force of the car pushed it back. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was a good touch, man. She did a good job with that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets her home and he plugs her in like a Tesla to recharge. Yeah. He gives her another zap. I, I think, did he... That's when he puts the actual Frankenstein bolts on her neck, right? Yes. I think so, because she already had the stitches in the neck, but I think he puts the, the OG bolts, and he has to, like you said, recharge her. And, and that, that, is that the point where she actually turns back into Beth? Like, he, he reboots her? He turns her. back into Beth. Like, as soon as she comes to, she's like, Jeffrey, what's going on? He's like, Beth. And she's like, what did you do? And he's like, I brought you back to life. And she goes, how? And he's like, ah, yeah. I got it written down over there somewhere. Yeah. So like they get away from explaining how it all works by him just like I just I got it written down over there. I'll yeah, tell you carry later, the maybe. three uh, divided by pi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> carry the four, yeah. bring even up. Um, but Beth doesn't like her upgrades at all. No, and <laughs> <laughs> it's so ungrateful, so ungrateful. Yeah, like you know what I went through to get you in this position. Like, yeah. come on. So uh, at this point, Zorro. Uh, so. Just so everybody knows, after Jeff leaves in his own car, Zorro hails a taxi. Yeah, that was weird. Which... Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> that was so odd. Zorro sees, you know, Jersey boy, Dr. Jeff, pick up Frankenhooker and throw him in the car and drive off. And he he just goes out and hails a taxi. Like, that follow that car. <laughs> yeah, follow that car. And like, have you ever... Have you ever thought about trying that to see if they'll actually do it? Because if I was a taxi driver and you're asking me to follow a car, I'd be like, fuck that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that doesn't. Nah. I'm not doing that. Like, I don't know, try that with your Uber driver next. See what they say. 
Yeah, follow that car. Yeah. Or uh, can you wait at this bank for five minutes? Park around back and give me five minutes. Yeah, to put yeah, on yeah. Like a, a, a balaclava, a, and a pantyhose of your out. face, old school. <laughs> Just wait right here. I'll be right back. Yeah. Uh, I do remember when I was a kid, I took a, uh, or I took a taxi from the base to like a Walmart cause I'd never done it before. And the guy was so nice. And I was like, Hey, could you wait here? I'm only going to be in for like 10 minutes. Can you give me a ride back to the base? And I got back in the car and he was charging me for every minute he waited outside. Oh yeah. I could see that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I had no idea, man. I was like, this is fucked up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's when you start learning life's little lessons about how shit really works. Yep. Like, man, that's not cool at all. I didn't just spend like $75 for a taxi drive to the Walmart so I could buy like $4 worth of shit. Yeah, I got a bag of Funyuns ended up costing me $75. <laughs> it's like when my daughter decided to Uber eat something one time. She was little and she's like, I got my, I got uh, somebody bringing me a tropical smoothie from Uber Eats. I'm like, oh, have fun with that. And she's like, it was $18. <laughs> nice. <laughs> for a smoothie. It's like, yeah, that's the way shit works, man. Yeah. So you're paying for convenience, um, man. You're paying for the convenience, not the, for the item. Do you do the grocery shit? My wife does. Yeah. She loves it. I just, I can't do it. Does she pull up and pick it up or does she have the groceries delivered? To uh, both. I think I helped you carry in groceries. One yeah, time you did. Yeah. Out. She does both. She, uh, cause some of them are, if the, if the ones that are really cheap, they're like 50 bucks for the whole year, which is a great price. Cause you'll spend more in gas just picking up your groceries. Um, she'll do that one and have them delivered. But, uh, the ones that they charge, you know, delivery fee per, those she get, she just orders and goes and picks them up. But she says it, it saves her a ton of time. Not only that, and I've seen her do it, man, no joke. She'll pull up uh, a window on the computer and have like three browser windows open side by side, and she'll look up the same three items on three different stores and pick the cheapest one, and she'll make three orders, and it's it's saved. She's easily saved the delivery fee just doing that. So, Maybe I have to look into that. Yeah, she goes, you know, it does I take her a lot of time. I think during COVID, we would do like the, you know, drive up to the store and have them bring it out and yeah. stuff. Um, I remember like, 1999, we were living in an apartment over off of like Durango, and Amy invited somebody over to uh, do a grocery delivery service. And I was like, I make $7 an hour. Yeah. yeah. And you've got a guy here talking to us about delivering our groceries. And I just remember the guy, the way he said groceries was really annoying. Grocery? He would say like groceries. Yeah. Groceries. Yeah. And yeah. I, every time he'd say it, I'd be like, what? Yeah. Who says it like that? Groceries. We'll deliver them right to your front door. And it only costs, and it's like, Seven fifty an hour I'm making. I can't afford this. Yeah, no, it it really it has saved us money for sure. We've checked and now it doesn't save time. You would think it would be like, oh, you're you're saving time because you're not driving to and from the store, but the amount of time she spends trying to find Online, the cheapest item on each one. Deal. But yeah. hey man, when the kids are at school and it's gonna save us whatever, it it's worked. So it definitely helped us. If you're gonna spend the time and actually go through it, you can save a little doing that. Do you think those people who coupon are for real? Yeah, we like, tried that. Four thousand yeah. dollars worth of groceries for twenty cents. No, it. She she thought about that during COVID too. She's like extreme couponing, and she watched a bunch of tutorials and videos. But it's bullshit because it's like, dude, if you're willing to buy a hundred dollars worth of mustard, then yeah, you will get more <laughs> mustard than anyone will ever need in their entire life for a hundred dollars. So maybe over the over the course of your life, you're going to save a hundred more dollars on mustard. But I'm not going to fill my whole pantry up with mustard so that she could save you know 125 dollars. So no. I've always noticed on those shows where like their carts filled with nothing you would eat. Yeah. Like elbow macaroni and relish. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all condiments. You get like tons of condiments cheap. <laughs> but oh, I, I'm sure dang. that there is ways to game the system if they've if they've made a. Like anything, if they've made an error where coupons will stack or there's some, you know, no limit type stuff, I'm sure there is. But I that then you're probably wasting more money than actually anything else trying to figure it out. Yeah. 
So uh, just to get us back on track, I don't know if you remember this or not, but when Beth and Jeff are finally having their heart to heart where they're back together, uh, Zorro abruptly comes in and cuts his head off immediately. That was very, <laughs> first of all, unexpected. I was like, what the shit? So the star of the movie's dead. <laughs> and there was, there, was, there was no preamble or like, what have you done with my hooker? Like there was nothing. He walks in, grabs a knife and chops homeboy's head off, <laughs> which is the way it should be done. It's like houses. This escalated quickly. So, um, so now that Jeff's dead, and I think uh, Beth is still like plugged into the wall, um, justice is left to the uh, body part minions (laughs) left in Jeff's freezer in the purple goo. The unused, the unused parts of the hooker. That it fused together, so you got like a thigh with a tit on it with a wig, and you got like a leg with a forearm and an eyeball. (laughs) What the fuck are those? (laughs) (laughs) It was the most hodgepodge collection of random, uh, not worthy. Oh, but you know what made me laugh? It was when he picked up the one girl's foot and he's like, Gout! I thought of Aaron right away. Bunions, bunions. He got bunions, and he grabbed a saw. But uh, but dude, like you could tell that like the way they filmed him. There's a guy in the background holding on to him with a stick, shaking him around, pushing, like pushing it forward with a stick, (laughs) shaking it, shaking it a little bit. Fishing line, and uh, Zorro Uh, pulls off the performance of a lifetime because he's. He does like the uh, Bella Lugosi with the Ed Wood squid. Like, yeah, we couldn't pay for it to get animated, so you just got to move it around like it's oh, killing you. I'm tearing, I'm tearing up, Except he's got to do it with these discombobulated body parts. I'm tearing up just thinking about the scene. It was so unexpected. So good. Ah, <laughs> oh, so much fun. I can't... Do you think that those guys making that scene, are they laughing behind the scenes the whole time when they're doing it? Uh, I, don't, I would hope so because it's a comedy, right? You want to make people uh, laugh. Are in the editing um, room? Like, are they laughing when they splice that together? Uh, they have can to you, be. Can you reenact Zorro's acting for that scene? No, <laughs> no. Oh my god! No, no. <laughs> oh my god, it was good. Uh, like, just yeah. imagine being on set and the director tells you what your scene is. You're like looking at him, like, "Are you fucking for real?" Yeah. Grab the leg, not that leg, the one that's attached to the chin, not the titty, <laughs> the other one. One was an upside down torso, I think, with the head stuck where the belly button would be, but the boobs, yeah. were, the boobs were the feet, so the boobs would be on the ground. <laughs> boobs! Uh, so, like, <laughs> that guy's a bodybuilder. That dude was shredded like slaw. He was enormous. Super beefy, so- dude, beefy. You, like, how do you talk as a director? That would be harder for me to talk that guy into doing that scene than it would be to talk to a lady to take oh her top God, off of the so scene. Funny, like, man. It was such a good okay, scene. Okay, now hear me out. Don't hit me. Don't beat me up. Here's what I want you to do. <laughs> you see that foot? You see the foot attached to a wig? <laughs> no, you got to move it around and make it look like it's eating your face. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Act harder, damn it! Yeah, act more. It was, it was, it was something to see, man. It was really something yeah. to see. Yeah, that, that those two scenes, the hookers exploding and that one, just made the whole movie for me, man. I could watch sexy those but ridiculous. On... <laughs> sexy but ridiculous. <laughs> sexy but, sexy but ridiculous. Uh, no, I think that was uh, Night Rider. It was in our like Voodoo Night one, I think. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Sound like Frank Drebin. So, um, so now that Zorro's gone, uh, Jeff wakes up and he's got a bigger set of tits than I do. <laughs> he's got a couple of knockers and, uh, got a perfect set of double D's with purple nips. And, uh, it, it kind of reminds me of a body style of a lunch lady. <laughs> It was like stout, like a like a maybe like one of those German ladies that can carry like thirty mugs of beer at the same time. <laughs> so, uh, uh, needless to say, uh, he's not happy, but Beth is. So, Beth was secretly a lesbian the whole time. I, I guess, guess I think I think the the thing was like she was kind of mad that he had used the hooker's body parts on her, and and he, now he got a little taste of his own medicine. And there was some cockamamie story about how his goo only worked on estrogen. So it can only work on females. So the only way she could bring him back was he'd have to be a female. Uh, it was where did didn't she matter. get those body parts from? Was that part of uh, like Zorro's body? Like maybe where did some, those body parts? Maybe come some from? of the discards that were in the in the goo. Yeah, that torso was girthy. That was it, it was beefy for sure. That was yeah. that was a football player's torso. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Jeff looks in the mirror, which I thought that was a cool shot of him was. Like, discovering what he looks like himself. And he starts screaming in terror. And, dude, it goes to the credits at exactly like the one hour, 20-minute yeah. mark. Yeah, we so hit it. Like That's it. perfect time. <laughs> yep. And, <laughs> and stretch those credits out about seven more seconds. We got a movie length. <laughs> they got, the, the credits were four minutes, like four uh, minutes, 54 seconds. That's great. So I was like, hour and 24, solid, in yep. and out. Yep. We made a movie. That's great, man. Oh, what a doozy, huh? What a doozy. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Great great job, man. Great pick. All right, let's do this. Yes. I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news. All right, my man, give me some good news. Uh, James Lorenz and Patty Mullins acting yeah. made the entire movie, dude. Without yeah. those two in those roles, I don't know if you would have a Frankenhooker like we have today. Guess what? Mine is exactly the same. For how goofy this movie is, I thought the main characters sold their role. I don't think it could be done any be- any better. Uh, they they both made the movie. I agree with you. So we, we have the exact same one. You're making a movie as ridiculous as that, and you're just playing it playing it straight, man. Like, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give a special nod to his ramblings. Like his little, his mutterings were hilarious. Her quirks, her quirks were hilarious. Um, yep. And even the mannequins, I know, I know you, the mannequins were bad, but even the mannequins somehow were, you were able to tell what was going on to who with just enough. And I think that was pretty, the actresses would go in the exact position they needed to be in and then quick cut to explosion. Yeah. So yeah, good, good on them. All right. Bad news. Um, I wish there were more scenes with the Frankenhooker. I thought, you know, she, she came in late, like the 56, she, like 56 minute mark into the yeah. movie, into an hour and 20 minute movie. We get a Frankenhooker. I would have liked to see more of her throughout the film. Yeah. I, you think that would have been too much though? Cause she was kind of, uh, you know, she, it was one note, but it was a note played well, but you know, her just saying the same line over and over and, and pushing people down. You, what you think it would have gone too long if they had too much of her? I don't know. Or, would, or do you think they'd have had to give her more to do? I wanted to see her more. Yeah. Gotcha. And maybe more like creatively offing Johns, you know? That's true. Instead of just pushing people down on the subway, stuff like that. She was pushing people all over the place, right. man. Okay. Yep. Good. Everywhere. Um, yep. I had a couple here. I'll let you choose between them, but I, I, I both loved and hated the cartoony lightning effect. Like I didn't mind it when it was on in the, in the sky or on people, but I didn't so much like it when it was used on people, like between their legs, like going down to their ankles and stuff. I thought with, it took with, me out of it a little. With the amount of CGI we have today, I still don't think they can make lightning look good. I think the best I've seen it was in uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah. 
the Raiden type yeah, guy. Yeah, that yeah. looked really cool. Um, but that's a hard effect to get right. I it think. is. And they also did, I think it was only once, but they did a, a fake flame effect for somebody exploding. But most of the time it was a real explosion. And oh, that, dude, that the whole me. screen yes. like filled up with explosion. And it yes. was like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So that one bothered me. And then the, the last thing, and I brought it up earlier, I touched on it was, I didn't, the the drill scene was a throwaway to me. Like the second and third time I watched it, I almost just skipped through it because I didn't, I didn't, the, the effect. Did he improvise that or he think like. I mean, the effect was, was not like a good effect. It was just basically a retractable bit. You know, you just push it against your head, but I don't know that it was necessary. He was already crazy rambling before that. I think he could have just rambled his way. Maybe they needed it for the 124 minutes. Right. Or whatever, so but, he can, yeah. But. Got to add something in there. This movie had very little fluff. Like I have nothing to complain about. I'm, I'm really reaching to pull stuff out. Of, like the first time, the drill didn't bother me. So it, you know, I'm, I was reaching for bad news on this movie. If that that tells you anything. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's you, a low, a, a 1.5 million dollar low budget sleazy, uh, gory comedy. Yeah, it's a banger. You get what you pay for. Yep. yep. Uh, schlock star rating. One out of one pile of dead ladies' boobies. Ah, oh, shit. Total shock. Total schlock, man. Total we're, schlock. We're going we're gonna to sync up again, dude. This is it. All right. Uh, my schlock star rating is two sexy Frankenstein shoes and one big pile of titties. <laughs> I did notice the shoes, though. I didn't want to say it when you brought it up earlier, but I thought yeah. that was a really cool touch. Yeah. This movie's total schlock, but it's good. Yeah, yeah. So it's what you want to see. I do have a life lesson learned, too. Oh, sorry, man. Do you want to do that before the quiz? Uh, basically, yeah, we'll do this life lesson learning because we don't do these all the time, but I definitely picked one up. Uh, 42nd Street was a hooker human trafficking cracktacular back in yes. the 80s and 90s, <laughs> dude. Like, my God. if That's a total gross fest. If that's exactly what it looked like back then, like, no wonder there was no tourists walking around and shit. It was like that alley that the, the uh, in vacation where the Griswolds yeah. accidentally, <laughs> accidentally drive down it. It's <laughs> great. Like, good Lord, yeah, dude. Like, when they talk about, like, the 42nd Street Forever, like, the old grindhouse movie theaters and shit, like, you can... It's like Taxi Driver times 100, man. Yeah, it was gnarly. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. you know what? I'm actually glad you did uh, Life Lesson Learn because I did four trivia questions instead of three, so we both had a little bonus in there. And I also have a tagline time whenever yeah, you yeah. want to do that, too. I have that thrown in in the actual notes now since you do it every time, so I'll hit you when it's time. All right, cool. Okay. Let's quiz it. Uh, uh, uh. Schlocker Not Protocol requires a quiz off. May the best human moron win. Okay, Doc, hit me. There's no right or wrong on this one. Purely opinion. Okay. Name three celebrities who would have your ultimate Frankenhooker body parts. Is this got a guy or girl? You can choose, man, whatever you want. Well, I mean, if I'm making a Frankenstein guy, assuming for me it would be a Frankenstein guy. I said Frankenhooker. A guy can be a hooker. Yeah, but you're Frankenhooker. And I'm a dude. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to figure out if I want dude parts or chick parts. Okay. Or maybe maybe a little selection of both. Maybe it's a player's choice. Let me see. I'm going to go with... Oh, that's a, that's a good question. I'm going to go with the hair of Bob Ross. I think that would be totally awesome. Dude out of Stellar Fro. I'm going to go with... The legs and feet of Fouad Ramsey's. How he dragged his gout foot through the dirt. That would be totally awesome. And I'm going to go the schlong of that blue dude in uh, The Watchmen. Remember that animated big schlong he had <laughs> swinging around? <laughs> when he's in God mode? So, like, yeah. he'll have a six-foot human being with a 80-foot dong? Yeah, yeah, I want that. 
a little something for everybody in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right. What, what, what did Frankenhooker say when it is revived initially? The the male Frankenhooker? Yeah, it's a happy little tree. <laughs> Let's just cut a nice little bush in it. Ooh, ooh, little bush. Look at the little bush. (laughs) (laughs) With the drumbeat of Fuad Ramses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. I think that's a winner. All right. All right, Uh, right, let me get where's my Are sexy walks ever sexy? Because the the, the one hooker did a long extended sexy walk from the pole to the car. Do you ever find that sexy? Is that peacocking? Yeah. I'm thinking back to all the movies we've seen. Have you ever seen one? I've never seen somebody do a walk that made me like, oh, hey, who's that over there? But isn't that why they wear the high heels and paint their lips red? It's like all posturing for- Presentation. Presentation for procreation or whatever? I mean, I would guess the heels would like probably, well, besides height, would like kind of perk your butt and calves up because you, you're tiptoeing, maybe? Always, when I see a girl in high heels, I always worry about their ankles, man. It looks uncomfortable to me, which is not sexy. Because I've seen so many chicks that, you know, they flop over and their ankles like go at a 90 oh. degree angle and I'm like- God, yeah. just wear flat tops. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not a fan of heels. Uh, I did I did kind of think of one sexy walk that I did like. I don't know if you remember it or not, but uh, Blood Diner, Sheba Jackson stomped down that hallway like a Clydesdale. It was supposed to be her sexy walk, and that was pretty hilarious. But other than that, I couldn't come up with nothing on a sexy walk. Um, no, I can't think of one either. Yeah. All right. So it's it, that, that myth is busted. Yep, myth busted. All right. Unnecessary. Let all the ladies know it's yep. unnecessary. Just wear some chucks. Be, be comfortable. That's much sexier. Yep. Vans, Chuck Taylors, whatever. Yep. yep. Hey, you ever notice, like on the strip at New Year's, that they all start off at like eight o'clock in their high heels, and by uh, nine thirty, they're all walking around with their gross ass feet. Oh uh, yeah. I used to see it at the uh, Thomas and Mac quite a bit, or the Sam Boyd, because they they would go to for like those um, like the the not not a concert so much, but it would be those uh, um, conventions they have for like people that sell. Uh, what's that that brand that like people sell? Um, you Sephora know what it's called? Not not that, but you know it's like a mail order type brand. Yeah, that type of stuff. Like the weird. Uh, there's a name for it. And I can't Cleaning remember. Products and shit. Yeah, exactly. And the, the ladies all dress up for that, and within like you know an hour, they all have their high heels flung over their shoulders, and they're walking around. And I, I want to tell them like because I've worked in the arena, they use the same mop on the bathroom as they do on the concourse. Yeah. The same mop you're walking on right now, just so you, you know. you got poo flakes and piss all over it's your It's not sh- pretty. Yeah, yeah, it's gross. Well, just imagine walking down the strip, how much vomit and uh, tire Eesh. grease. And, and you know some dude's like sucking them toes later that evening too Ooh. without a thought. I, th- I worry about when the kids are, uh, like their, people are letting their kids on the ground because there's like syringes and condoms and shit yeah. down there. Like, ugh, don't let your kids yeah. crawl around on it, that. Yeah. This is disgusting. Okay, uh, is that you? Go. Uh, have you ever thought about going to the Love Ranch? Is that the Pahrump? The Dennis Hoff place. The what? The Dennis Hoff place. The place that's owned by Dennis Hoff? Or I don't know what that was is. Owned by Dennis. Dennis Hoff was the uh, guy who was running for mayor of Pahrump and oh, the ended Pahrump up one, winning yeah. the race. It ended up winning the uh, mayor, mayoral ship, but he was dead. He won uh, post- posthumously? <laughs> posthumously. Like they voted him in even when he was dead. Wait, but, so that's County. not the Bunny Ranch? I thought that was Love Ranch, the Bunny Ranch. Same thing. I think they've gone by different names over the years. Guess what? I've been there. You have? Yes, I have. You want to know why and how? <laughs> yeah. So uh, Big Will, he was working for a delivery company. They sent him to Pahrump to deliver some crap. He had never been there before. I was off work, so he's like, "Hey, man, can you come with me in the truck? I've never been there. I just want to go alone." Absolutely, roll dog, easy peasy. Jump in the truck. We go down, deliver whatever it was, like a 
pallet of paper or some crap. And then he's like, dude, I want to go to the Bunny Ranch. And I was like, yeah. I said, I'm not going to partake, but I'll definitely go with you because I'm super curious to what the inside looks like, you know, just the whole scene. And, and we're like in right. our late 20s. This is a long time ago. So we pull up in the truck, not one car in the parking lot. So I'm like, are they open? Like, do they have hours? I don't understand how it works. Go to the door, ding dong. Lady opens the door. Had to be definitely old, older than 70 years old. Definitely. Like maybe old, maybe 80 she was wearing a black like nighty, like with a loose like see-through robe and a black nighty. And she was like, What do you guys want? And Will's like, Well, I just want to like come inside and take a look around. And she's like, Okay, hundred bucks each. And he was like, hundred bucks for what? She's like, it's a hundred bucks just to come inside. And he said, All right, then forget it. And then we got back in the truck and we drove back to Vegas with our chins on our chests. Jesus. <laughs> so they want to make sure you're gonna be spending some money before they even let you in the place. I think they were kind of filtering out. We were young dudes. They were probably just trying to see if we were actually like looky lose or willing to if we had money even you know what i mean right yeah because i mean how many people do that just sightseeing just to get inside and take some pictures and shit well i was one of them i was going to be a looky loo so yeah i think will wasn't i think he was ready for some action but <laughs> you think he would have done it uh, i mean i'll call and ask him but i say yes you know, like, yeah. he'll, he'll tell me <laughs> so i had a i had a friend who uh went up there and checked their their um fire um Fire alarm thing, yeah. systems and dispersion systems and yeah. all that shit. And uh, after he was done, they wanted to pay him with a hooker. And he's like, no, I have a wife and kids. I need money. I yeah. don't need time with a lady. <laughs> well, I mean, they tried, though. <laughs> yeah, they tried to do it out there. I, I also have a rather salacious uh, tale about Dennis Hoff's death that I will tell you afterwards, and maybe we'll put it on a Patreon so people Ooh, can hear it. Ooh, a little, dude, I can do that is, too, yeah. It is really salacious. They, they have a spot now on Patreon, you know, it's because we just started it, I, but they have a spot now where you can post up, uh, like, shows and clips just for people that are subscribed where they can see it there too, so we can start making use of that if you want for Yeah, I will, I will tell that story, and I will not reveal my sources, but boy, it's a dude. Okay, cool. And I'll, I'll let you know what Will says when I text him later. <laughs> okay, cool, perfect. All right, um, it's me, right? All right, was there a reason why the crazier he got, the more his hair looked like the lead singer from Flock of Seagulls? <laughs> I did notice that. Like when he was with the uh, in full examination mode, his hair was all... Both sides would go off, up and up and up. <laughs> frosted and, and yeah, stiff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was he was dealing with all that electricity. Yeah. So trying to show be. that it's like, it was hair-raising electricity. My guess is this was yeah. shot out of order and he went for Crazy Doctor in one scene and just didn't repeat it in the Forgot next scene. Forgot about it, yeah. 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 Forgot totally about it. All right. Yeah, go for it. All right, perfect. Um, do you know what a carpet hoe is? No, I do not. That's what the uh, they call the hoes at the casinos. They're called carpet hoes. The ones that like sit at the slot machines and like wait for you. Yep. Oh, yeah, I've seen them. You know when a, when a girl way past your league starts hitting on you immediately, like beware, yeah. fellas. Yeah, yeah. Beware. It, they can get a date. They don't need you. Really. <laughs> so, Hoff said he kicks them out all the time at the valleys, but he said some of them that are cool and like uh, low key that he'll just let them drink at the bars, like whatever. And, Whatever, but the ones that are kind of like that are kind of hitting people up and very overt about it that they have to go. Dude, Vegas has one of the uh, very unique. I wonder if they still have it. They had it back in the early. Have you ever heard of the order out corridor? Never. Yeah. So if a woman gets convicted of like um, uh, soliciting for the purpose of prostitution, the judge can order them that they can't. They have to stay completely out of this particular area of the strip. Mm. They can't even go makes down sense. there. Yeah, it makes sense. So they're ordered out. So, like, do you, you know, if they get caught hooking down at the Fremont Street experience, they get they can't go. ordered out of that corridor, and then they go to the strip, and they get ordered out of that. They can't work anywhere but, like, Henderson. Or... It's interesting. I know that area, um, now that the truck stops are gone, but the area by uh, 
by the Orleans by Trop and Cameron. Oh, God. they're lined. They're just lined there all. You could. I don't know how any policeman can't just. And they're it's, lined up, dude. Like seriously, they're out there in bikinis. And oh yeah, shit, like not wearing anything. Oh, we drove by it's the not- other day. They were leaning over a rail with their dresses pulled up above their waist, just leaning over a rail. Like advertising yeah. their ass. Yeah, basically. I went to a cool, a really cool. Um, I used to do the uh, convention. It was uh, I do some stuff at a convention here, and they had a lady speak that was an ex uh, narc. She was an undercover. Um, she would go undercover for like the what, what would that be? Would that be Vice? I guess for the Vice, hookers. Yeah, yeah. And she Vice. she spoke and she she had some really cool information. But I picked up a couple cool terms from that uh, show that uh, I thought was really neat. I didn't know where they came from, but one of them was a swan. Uh, and that was when a guy gets a white girl that's a hooker. He said she, he's got a swan, uh, which I thought I I'd never heard that before. Stable. Yeah, yeah. I had a swan. And the other one I thought was really cool was uh, break yourself, which you know you used to always say like back in the nineties, like man, break yourself, fool, you know whatever. But that yeah. was an actual term that the pimps would use because they didn't want the girls to hold too much money. So they would say, "Hey, break yourself." That would mean take a break and go drop off your money because they didn't want them girls to have that money on them. And I, I learned a couple of really yeah. cool things from that uh, talk. A misconception people also think like these girls are like independent contractors and they're making all this money no all of those girls have a guy that they report to and they take all of that money to that guy and like maybe once a month he'll take them out on a spending spree where he'll take her to the mall and let her buy some shit buy for herself yeah but all of them are giving that money to a man yeah she, so, that, that lady brought that feel up good about yourself yeah that lady brought that up she said that uh, the girls that do try to go solo don't make it she said that you have to you basically you end up you know, clicking up with somebody or they will not let you on there. You'll end up in a bad situation. So yeah, they, she said the same thing. All of that down there is human trafficking. Yeah, shit. it's bad. And then, uh, um, the chicks that you get the cards, you know, you get the, the, the guys that hand out the cards on the yeah. strip, the people on the cards will definitely not show up to your room. I promise you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, what's it called? A, uh, bait and switch. Bait and switch. Uh, yeah, that too. But another one where, where you're, you're, you send a picture that's not really you and I can't, I'm losing it today on that. Uh, what is it? Um, catfish. Catfish. Catfishing. There we yep. go. There we go. Catfish. False advertising. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. There's some learnings for everybody. <laughs> some learning. Announcement. Yep. Some Vegas knowledge from us is what you got. Yep. All right. Um. I think that's you. Did you do your number three? No, I didn't. Yeah, because I did. My third was the carpet hoe. Okay, I got two for you then. I got a bonus. Uh, okay. number three. Are pretzels really that fattening? Because I, I don't think so, I don't man. Think like so. I always thought of those like a healthy snack, right? Yeah, they're kind of carby and a little sodium, but I didn't think you get like super chunky off pretzels. But there's some pretzel hate going on. They threw some shade are on you pretzels. A, in here. Are you a soft pretzel or a hard pretzel guy? Oh, if I can get a good soft pretzel all day for sure, that's like a Wetzel's pretzel or anti. Yeah, do it sometimes with a little mustard or even just like I like the sour opposed to sweet. I don't like sugar on them, but yeah, you don't I like don't. the cinnamon sugar ones. No, I like I like the um, even sometimes the cheese if it's the right um, like the dipping cheese or a good. Good mustard. Very good, yeah. Uh, mustard for sure. Yeah. Yep. All right. Okay. Uh, and I got a bonus for you. Do you think this movie had more crack in it than Mary Shelley intended? Because <laughs> I'm thinking. It, it was enough crack to fill an entire guar show. I like, haven't I haven't read the book in a long time, but I just, I can't, I don't remember that much crack being in there. Yeah, it's a, a plethora of crack. A lot of crack. All right. Uh, and now I get, so just since you've been doing it every show, this is where we're going to do taglines. I don't know if anybody's noticed, we've been tightening up the show on the back end here with our, with our segments. So we've been trying, but man, did we ramble on this one? Uh, A teeny bit. (laughs) All right. So tagline time, which one of these is actually from the movie? Number one, got any money? Okay. Okay. Number two, looking for a good time. Okay. And number three. I'm in the market for a blowy and a froyo. <laughs> a froyo. 
I'm going to say one and two were in the movie, and number three is what is what you say to what? Amy. <laughs> Uh, one is the actual tagline and what I'm sure um, the producers were asking of investors. Got any money? Yeah. <laughs> got yeah. any money? Hey, we're done with the exploding, but we got one more to explode. Got any money? <laughs> I need some I need some more explosion budget. Yeah. Got any money? Yeah. Good. So and, a uh, uh, Hollywood producer is just like a hooker. Yeah. So, and three go. and three is you and Amy when you're in, on Friday. <laughs> I'm in the market for a blowy and a fro Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting neither of those. So All right. Like those tolerance and... And married for a long time. <laughs> Let's go yeah, yeah, yep. All right. That's funny. All right, uh, you got a Doc Flick pick for me. I do. I'm going to say Leaving Las Vegas, because talking about hookers, I, yeah. I love that movie, too. I, do too. I don't know why, because yeah. it's so dour and down, but I just think Nicolas Cage and Elizabeth Shue work well together. I do, too. And there are actually people, I'm sure, that come to Vegas to do exactly what he did. Yeah, it, it Nicolas Cage is such a mixed bag for me. It's just I either hate him or love him. There's like no middle ground for me, and this is one of the ones I really enjoyed him in, uh, or he I thought he killed it. Do you think he was living in Vegas before or after that? Because he's oh, a Vegas question. local now. Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, like, like he filmed that movie. It's like, man, I love Las Vegas. I think I'm going to move there, move down to Scotch 88 to hang out. That's a good question. I, I couldn't tell you, but yeah, he does live here. That's for sure. I've heard stories of uh, his escapades. And, and I'm going to give you a bonus flick pick. Um, Fred Olin Ray's Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers would be a good pairing with this one. That would be, man. I haven't seen that. And I, all the way through, I've seen cuts. I'd like to watch that. Yeah, I think I just got it on DVD from Amazon for like $57. Nice. Like yeah. expensive. Great. Yeah. Like Stunt Rock. Ugh. All right. What do we got here? Um, flick pick, flick pick. Okay. Uh, mine is, I don't know if you ever, you probably haven't because you're not an anime guy, but you or do you know of Demon Slayer or have you ever watched it? I know of that, but I've never watched it. Okay, so my son's big into it, real big. I, I don't watch it religiously, so I can't tell you the whole story or anything, but I do watch it when it's on. And that that really has some of the most unique and badass bad guys and monsters of any anime I've ever seen. I'm talking stuff you couldn't imagine. Uh, just the way they're drawn, the, their powers, stuff like that. Uh, Lovecraftian type monsters. Super crazy. And one of them had a dude had a bunch of drums embedded into his body, and when he would hit a drum, the room would spin to the left or right so you'd be on an alternate plane so he would fight people by hitting the drum and mixing them up so they couldn't fight just the most out there stuff that you could that is very yeah. original yeah man. very original um i had to get used to the dialogue now i'm a big fan of, of anime of of dubbing of especially kung fu movie dubbing i think that's part of the fun is a bad dub um this one i didn't enjoy in the beginning it grew on me over time but the uh, animation and the ideas are are some of the best anime i've seen so uh, it's season four just came out now so i figured i'd throw that out there for any anime okay. fans out there I'm actually interested in that. That yeah, sounds great. It, I think it would be hard for you to watch from the beginning because it does take a few episodes to get to the good stuff. Um, but I might send you a clip or two of some of the bad guys to just wet your whistle and see what you think. Okay, cool. All right, and that, that brings us to... I'll let Kai know, too. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, he's into that? Oh, yeah, he likes anime. Oh, yeah, I think he dig it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> Slot or not. All right, what do you got? This is early 90s, practical effects, 3X, in and out, gory reanimator, homage style schlock. Nice. I agree. An hour and 20, you're in and out. You can tell the three acts are every, you know, on the beat, like every 30 minutes, and then you're done. I agree. I have almost the same. I had this is some bring it back to life and keep it coming schlock, just like Frankenstein. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I liked it a lot. We should right. make more of these. You got any? Uh, I got... Also, I wanted to throw something out. Uh, 
October 28th down at the Beverly Theater, they are going to be having a showing of Phantasm Ooh. with a Q&A afterwards with the legendary Don Coscarelli. Nice. Are you going? I can. I'll be doing Oh, all the haunt. The haunt that house. Day. Yeah, yeah, the 27th to 28th. If anybody's Shoot. interested, look up the home haunt stuff. Um, also, I didn't know, Doc, before I, I have one thanks to give, but did you want to uh, plug that show you're going to be on on Wednesday, just in case someone wants to jump in the chat? I'm going to be a guest on the Nostalgically Hip podcast on uh, next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. And uh, I think they do a live stream on YouTube. And you can check out the Nostalg- Nostalgically Hip podcast with our buddy Ryan, who was on the Cobra episode. Uh, definitely not like our podcast, I'll tell you that. Uh, but it'll be fun to be talking Halloween stuff. I think the way they run it is uh, he does film it live, and you can actually ask questions live on YouTube. But then if you know if you're if you're unable to to be there at that time, it it just goes up as a regular video, so you could check it out because you know maybe you don't listen to this show until after that, but you know you can go and check it out after the fact. Right, and I'll be just talking Halloween and scary, spooky October stuff. That's what you're best at. That's what you do. Yeah, thank you. Um, That's what I do. And you know what? I watched. I'll just throw it in there since we're we're good on time. I w- I've been trying to go all the way through the Friday the Thirteenth since they're all streaming on 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 uh, HBO, I believe. Okay. I've made it through three, and I'll tell you what, man. Okay. It's not been easy. I have a fond memory of those movies. One was okay. Two was pretty good. Three took a serious dip for me. That three D one. That was three. The three D one, man. And I love that one, dude. Have you watched it recently? I had trouble getting through three. Really? I did, and I didn't expect it. I was like, ooh, these are going to be good, because I remember them being good. Up, th- I know four I remember liking. I don't remember five or six. I liked Freddy versus Jason. Um, you, did you like Jason Goes to Manhattan or J- uh, Jason X? I don't think I saw those. That was I think I was that was the whole point of those me going great, through this. Are dude. they good? I used to own those on, yeah, I used to own those on VHS. I mean, I remember them being good. I mean, I, that doesn't mean that'll hold up. Yeah, but, that's kind of like, what I'm running into. I did like the one where everybody was passing his heart around and like eating his heart and like it, Jason's essence was going through all the different people i didn't like that oh, i haven't got there yet i've never seen them all that's why i thought this would be a good month to try to watch them all in order you know from one one well, to three you're gonna have a nice little appetizer or a nice um palate cleansing when you watch sleepaway camp 2 oh i can't wait can't Which, wait very rarely do we say what our next episode is but sleepaway camp 2 yes as long as it's still streaming that's our plan for for our uh halloween i have it on dvd if, even if it's not i will give you the dvd Perfect. to watch okay good good and i do have a uh, one thanks I, I know we haven't been doing thanks too much uh everybody deserves it i know you know who you are if you support the show uh and if you're always contributing then the regulars you all you all know you have our eternal gratitude but someone that i've never thanked on the show is quentin d and he's always been a good friend of the show he always supports us on on social media um for a long, long time since back in the old days. So uh, I, I should, I'm remiss in not throwing it out there earlier, but Thank Quentin, you very much, Quentin, we have, we do appreciate a, you always being there. Listener. Yeah. Yep. Is that Absolutely. All, is Thank that you all you got, buddy? I'm, I think we're good, bud. Then let's get out of here. Doc. Steve. Schlock or Not, a podcast, a show barely registering on iTunes. Gentlemen, we can rebuild it. We have the technology. We have the capability to make the world's first bionic podcast. Schlock or Not will be that podcast. Better than it was before. Better. Stronger. 
fast. You got something wrong with your nipples? If you get a little value out of the show and you want to give a little value back, you can support for as little as $1 a month, and that's not a lot of money. You can follow the link at steve52.com. The show is completely funded by our Patreons, and every cent goes straight back into making this show. So the more you can help us out, the better the show will get.